threat of the water, he might have been tempted by the food source. But survival is more important than food. He runs past and looks up. The only exit from the cellar is a climb of irregular stone steps. At the top, a door. The rain is growing ever more fierce, more insistent. It spits beneath the front door, rat-tats against the outside walls, splashes onto the walkway outside and forms puddles which spread by the minute, like moving ink blots, expanding, joining, irregular shapes which keep growing. Outside in the cooling evening air, a man stands halfway across the English bridge, his head turned towards Marine Terrace. He is both fascinated and appalled by the power and the will of the river. He stares into the water and studies the antique lampposts crazily reflected in the moving black waters, saplings and debris bouncing along in the flow. And now he turns from the river and accepts the invitation of the town. In the cellar, Califera has finished laying her eggs. She buzzes around the room, searching for an exit, but no scent guides her back to the surface, so she settles on the cellar wall and awaits her chance to escape. A lone hitchhiker stands on the Copthorn Road, thumb out, hoping for a lift to Oswestry. Aware that the rain is simultaneously both friend and foe, it makes the hiker less visible to the traffic, but those who do spot the unfortunate are more likely to stop, out of sympathy. A lorry driver pities the drenched figure, slews and stops, making the hitchhiker run eighty or so yards. A door is flung open. Words are exchanged. Fate is sealed. He will be a useful witness. During the night, the ink blots join to form a huge black pool which spreads across the walkway in a swift movement, pauses for a moment at the front doorstep of number seven, Marine Terrace, before inching up the steps and pouring beneath the door. Once inside, she joyfully heaves the cellar door open, descends the steps in a gleeful waterfall, and fills the cellar. Water will find its own level. Safely above the water, Califera flies up the stairs to the ground-floor room. There is only one, apart from the kitchen, and that is clean. Nothing to tempt her in there. The rats in the cellar squeak and scream, some of them will drown. But rivers have no conscience, only determination. In the corner, Califera's eggs are growing fat, well-fed on flesh and blood. Their food source lifts and bobs a little, an apathetic swimmer in a waterlogged suit, air in his clothes creating a buoyancy aid. Tuesday the 12th of February, 7am. A grey, misty dawn. The man wakes to silence, crosses the room and draws back the curtains. There is no traffic, so the silence is explained, yet unexplained. The scent and sound of sizzling bacon drifts up the stairway and distracts him. But in spite of the mouth-watering aroma of his breakfast, this morning he is less comfortable than the night before. Stale cigarette smoke fugs the windows. The atmosphere is sour. The man feels unaccountably nauseous. He descends 
and stands in the kitchen doorway. She turns to greet him from the stove. Well, she says, frying pan in her hand, the rivers beat us all. The man starts. Rose higher in the night. They've closed both bridges. I hope your car... Sorry? She slews round. Haven't you noticed how quiet it is? The man listens. A pulse of silence pounds away in his ear. No traffic. She tips the bacon and a slimy egg onto the plate, shovels a tomato to join it, turns to hand it to him. The man is gone. She spoke the truth. The decision has been made to close the bridge. Both bridges, Welsh and English simultaneously. Frankwell is flooded. Abbey Foregate underwater. Mardle drowning. The river is winning her battle. She is the...